0: Woohoo! The best in the world. The Golden Stallion, the Man of Tomorrow, Savzu, the Rated-R radio star. Here for Relationship Rhombus, which means I'm not alone. Which means the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy is here with me. Stephanie, welcome to the show, as always.
1: Oh yeah. I love Relationship Rhombus. I was looking forward to this one since the last
0: one. Absolutely. Now, you know, I gotta tell you, so this is something... Sovereign Tech, actually, in the past couple, past few weeks, not just a couple, in the past few weeks, Sovereign Tech has gone up another couple thousand listeners. So we're like kissing, we're like kissing 13,000 listeners per week if this keeps up. Wow. Are we getting herpes from that? Uh, Hopefully not. You don't want to spread any CPV or anything along those (laughs) lines, you know? Uh, But. (laughs) But anyway, point being is that I feel like Sovereign Tech is really, like, growing beyond uh, perhaps what could be considered its humble origins, though I dare say they were not so humble. Uh, but you humble. Not with me at the helm. Uh, but that's the thing, is that, you know, I, I really, I think this is, I mean, it's been going places for a long time, but it's getting there, you know, to that stage. And because of that, I don't, and, and this is something I've talked about for years Um, I don't need to be the only guy, you know, like I don't, I don't need to be the only person, you know, kind of, kind of running the show or on, on board with everything. Um, so why, you know, why, why should I be? Uh, and so I, what I want to do is I want to start bringing on full on co-hosts, you know, that really, I mean, I I've bragged enough over the years that I do this show on my own two hours a week, every week, six years, nonstop. You know, and I could do it for another six. No problem. I've got all the energy in the world and, and well, I don't have all the time in the world, unfortunately, but I've got all the energy in the world and I can make it happen. But yeah, I want to bring people on as like full on, you know, or not full on, not like every episode, but official co-hosts. And I, I think that that'd be really cool. And obviously the first person that I would consider a full on title co-host, of course, would be the show's producer. That being the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Whoa. Yeah. I was hoping
1: I would be the first one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been helping out with Sovereign Tech from the very beginning, and I was proud to be called the producer for the first, you know, five or six years of the show, however long it was. Yeah. I think we started in, what, 2011 or something? Like, when did we start? 2012. 2012. Okay, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it's been a while that I've been involved with the show. And I mean, it's your show. You started it. It's your project. So you can never be not the main person because then it wouldn't be your show anymore. But I like the idea of co-hosts and I'm super proud to be the first one. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. moving on up in the world. I got a promotion. Yeah, you did great job. <laughs> I might get you
0: like a. We'll get you an email address. You know, at SovereignTech.com. Ooh, we'll get you perks. the whole thing. Oh there's yeah, I, I fringe benefits. Sure, I plan on a lot of these, um, and there are going to be more people as well. Um, that will be coming on. It's going to be a select few. It'll be, in fact, Sovereign Tech listeners. They already came up with a name for this sort of thing. They they call it, they call it the Sovereign Tech Cabal. Pretty much any of the women that have been involved with the show and whatever. I mean, like they that that's what they call them. Uh, and so yeah, so the Cabal is getting a little more official now. And this is something I actually I talked about around like episode one hundred or before episode one hundred. And how many years ago was that? Now we're at like episode two sixty something, um, almost episode two seventy. Where I said that, uh, you know, I, would like it to get to the point, especially at that time when I was kind of a bigger fan of the Twit network, I said, I'd love to get to the point where sovereign tech is more like this week in tech where, you know, Leah Laporte is just kind of like wrangling everybody kind of in and leading everything off and whatever, but he has, he has guests on, he has co-hosts on and whatever that, that, that you know, talk about the topics of the week um, with him. Now, the format of Sovereign Tech isn't going to change. There's still going to be segments. There's still going to be none of that's changing. But yeah, you know, now there's official full on co-hosts that they can say and they can go and tell people. Uh, I mean, look, when you get above 10,000 listeners, that's when advertisers start taking you very, very seriously. Not saying you can't get the yeah. before then. But that's when they start taking you very seriously. That's when suddenly audibles knocking at your door saying, hey, oh, yeah, you want. Oh, you want to have uh, audible be a sponsor now that you have 10,000 listeners? That's kind of a breaking point. And I think it's a point where, honestly, you can go to people. And if you want to, you can say, yeah, I'm a a co-host on this, you know, very popular or this popular podcast. Um, So I just want to make it official you know, and, and, and I, I think that, uh, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool and
1: I've got other, I think it's pretty cool too. Yeah. I'm a sovereign tech co-host. That's right. The real (laughs) deal.
0: So, (laughs) and, uh, like I said, there'll, there'll be more, um, and I'm really excited about it. And, uh, there's already, um, one other person that I've reached out to about this so far, mm-hmm. and uh, anyway, we'll see we'll see how everything goes. So, and uh, you know, this is going to bleed into Patreon and everything else, and uh, I I think it's all going to be very exciting. Twenty eighteen is going to be an amazing year, and this is stuff that I've been prepping throughout January, uh, along with other things that that's just going to be really cool. So, okay, getting that out of the way. Thank you, Stephanie, of course, for accepting, and uh, oh, you know, I
1: wouldn't say no. yeah yeah. i mean
0: the the shape it will take at least once a month i think you'll you know you'll be on and we'll figure out where it goes from there you know and 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 also i mean it could be well again we'll we'll see how how it goes but you're yeah full-on co-host
1: yay the sovereign universe it's it's growing always (laughs) sovereign
0: family (laughs) (laughs) um now the the other okay the other part uh that i want to discuss quickly is social media um and I, I suppose I should have been doing a lot of this during a Q&A, but what the hell? We got the relationship rhombus show here. Let's yeah, let's do this. It's kind of like a Q&A. Yeah. yeah. So I've like for this episode, I fielded the questions via Patreon. I said, it was like, OK, look, there's a relationship rhombus show getting recorded for this month because there's always one every month. If you want to get your question in, you can message me on Patreon or you can comment under the actual Patreon post for that month, in this case for January. Um, I'm really not Yeah, I'm still on Twitter. I can't, like I said, that's kind of the phone book of the internet. I don't see myself really leaving that ever. And I never have, that's kind of the one I've been always very consistent on. Um, and of course I'm on Patreon and I mean, like personally, I might share shit on Instagram or something like that, you know, but, um, yeah, like I, am really backpedaling off of social media and honestly, I don't think the show needs it. Um, me Having a presence on social media, I don't know, has done anything to help the show whatsoever. And it's not... Really? I, you I really don't think, think so. so. I I don't I don't think it's helped.
1: Okay, well, maybe this is talking shop too much, but I disagree. I mean, I saw you make a concerted push for social media, promoting your show, and you did, like, gain a lot of influence over the past several years. I mean, it took a couple of years doing that, but, like, when you were blogging daily... I mean, that got you listeners. Yeah, but like... that got
0: me listeners because, but that, those weren't, and I could see where the links were coming from. Like mm-hmm. my, my website could get hundreds or thousands of hits a day. They were not coming from Facebook, you know, but I mean, and I don't think they're really coming from Twitter either. They're coming from Google searches and whatever other searches mm, that had Google to do search. with it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, here's the thing is that I know the, the, the listeners that have reached out to me. And that I've like kind of like looked into, you know, maybe because I'll see that they have their Twitter handle and their Patreon or something like that um, or or however it works. The listeners that have reached out to me, I, I know they're not in my Facebook list. Like they're just not. So that's my point is that reaching out via Facebook to the Liberty Movement has meant jack shit. You know, like like it just it doesn't it hasn't done anything.
1: You're post liberty movement anyway.
0: Well, uh, well, that's yeah, that's the term I had mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think Sovereign Tech really is. I mean, because like I don't even think most of my audience would would identify with the term capitalism. You know, right. I mean, a lot of them would, but not most. Uh, and that's fine. I don't mind that, you know, and I don't mind that there's capitalists that identify with the show or that listen to the show. I, I you know, come one, come all. Okay. Um, so, Sovereign tech is bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, because I've tried over the years and I'm bringing this up because and and it's kind of related to relationships like I've tried over the years, like I tried um, quitter dot. No, um, I've tried all these different, like any new thing that would crop up over the past five years, because the past five, six years has been a very exciting time for tech. Now that, that exciting time for tech has nosedived. It's not exciting anymore. You know, everything's kind of, you know, getting into a, which I predicted years ago, everything's going back to a closed garden. We're going back to the days of AOL. Um, I'm not going to push hard for any platform. I'm just not. Patreon's there, but that's because Patreon offers the content and is a money transmitter, blah blah blah. You know, or, you know, it works along those lines. So obviously, they can't go anywhere. Um, but just just to make it clear with everybody, uh, n- yeah, I'm I'm not going to push for any kind of social media. I'm not going to push for any kind of platform anymore. I'm not interested. I'm not going to try to even get people on board. You want to be on board with the show? Listen to the show, you know. And you want to be really on board with the show? Then you can be on Patreon. Uh, again, patreon's not just some free platform. this is where I make you know bread and butter to some degree of of what the show can be um
1: you're not the product on patreon right
0: exactly well, I guess
1: maybe you are the product but at least, at least you're selling yourself to paper people.
0: it's not someone's pimping you out yeah, to at least I'm yourself. getting paid too you know <laughs> what I mean so I just want to make that clear with everybody i'm not i am you know in Maybe in the past couple months, there might, I might've pushed for a couple other things, but look, this is it flat out. I am not making any push for any other platform. uh, And I'm never going to, and well, you, you never want to say never, but as it stands right now, I'm not going to push for any other platforms. If I had my way, you know, a, a question we get a lot into the relationship rhombus show is, you know, how do I find love? I'll tell you how get the fuck off of social media and get out there. And like meet real people and like physical people, you know, like that, 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 or at least that's, that's one piece of advice. Not saying people don't find love on social media. Certainly they do. Um, but there you go. So I'm, I'm I'm just, you know, if you want to just, just get off of social media um, entirely. Stephanie, talk for a minute if you would. <laughs>
1: um, sometimes I was just thinking, sometimes I feel like the Robin Quivers to your Howard Stern That
0: is one of the nicest things.
1: Uh, That's I love Robin. (laughs) I love I always
0: loved Robin. Yeah, she was the
1: best part. She actually inspired me to kind of get into radio.
0: She had such a great voice.
1: Amazing voice. Yep, And she was always like she you could tell she was really smart, but she was letting people underestimate her. <laughs> and just think that she, you know, was whatever, just the color, right. color gal, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, not. I'm not saying colored like. <laughs> I as mean, in she she's is, black, but right. <laughs> but like color commentary. That's what I yeah, meant. Like it's yeah. like a wrestling term when the they say I'm the color guy, right? They like color commentator commentator. Anyway. Yeah. So she let people underestimate her, but I think she was always like really smart and she totally knew what was up and she wasn't going to let, she didn't let Howard give her shit either. You know? Oh yeah.
0: She would, she would tell Howard, she would say, no, no Howard. (laughs) You know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that's why he liked her because she she actually stood up
0: to him. Yeah. She wasn't a, a, you know, a yes woman um which yep. which is great and and honestly yeah i think i think robin's fantastic and probably you know she's probably so fucking wealthy you know I, and i really and, hope so and i don't think most people even know who she is and, but i she's got to be sitting really pretty good for her and I, that's what i say yeah. Hell yes
1: just sit on that pile of cash and yeah take a vacation right on that's, you deserve it
0: yeah cheers so, to you robin that's right um yeah, but I, that's that's a fair analogy. I, I don't I don't mind that, you know. And Howard Stern, I, I have I've I have had people orgasm on 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 my show, so <laughs> and I call you out for <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have. Uh, all right. Um. Hell, I'm I. Well, never mind. Okay. So Stephanie, yes, <laughs> love of my life. Yes. Why don't we get into the, those? Are the two points I wanted to bring up was about the you know co hosts uh, full on co-hosts and the social media aspect.
1: Well, shit. Can we get to the relationship? Let's questions Let's get already? to the questions.
0: Exactly. Let's do this. Uh, and I've, I've shortened them down because sometimes you have the, to do that. Yeah, yes, right. I you do because I think a lot of time, mean, one of them, well, if we have our way, one of them is actually going to be an article that somebody sent in. Mm. And so I want to make sure there's time for that because I thought it was a very interesting article. Uh, But also like, you know, these, these shows don't need to run into, sometimes they run for like two hours, you know what I mean? And, and they don't need to necessarily go that long. Um, so I, I've short, I've pared these down to like kind of the bare essentials and none of them were really like telling a story. They were pretty simple questions anyway. Um. But I do want to update something, and that was we were asked a few episodes, a few relationship rhombus episodes ago, which we've only done like six or seven of these so far, because they happen once a month. Uh was about what what's like good music to listen to while you fuck? I and, remember that question, yeah. Yeah. And I found man, did I find some amazing music and I'm gonna tell i am I'm gonna tell a quick story. So what inspired this was I, I Well, in fact, it might be relative to a question that comes up later on if we get to it. Um, We went to we went to one of our favorite places, which is a, uh, a place that has Japanese hot tubs.
1: Ah, yes, where you get that to place. Enjoy them.
0: Yeah, it's a yes. spa. It's a
1: spa. Japanese style baths. You rent them by the hour or the half hour. Yeah, and you get a little private room with a wooden tub with um, water that's been purified by ozone. Right. And a little shower in there, and you get towels. And they can pipe in music into those rooms in the indoor rooms at least, because exactly. they have rooftop ones, but then they also have indoor ones. The indoor ones have speakers where you can pipe music in. So they ask you, you know, what do you want to listen to?
0: Right now we. Went to we went to this a couple weeks ago, a couple weekends ago, and took a Sunday and you know made turned it into a Sunday drive. It was wonderful. I took you out for it. And um the dinner wasn't as great as we were hoping. We tried someplace new and that was a mistake.
1: <laughs> yeah. But
0: <laughs> uh, and it was Mexican. How do you fuck up Mexican? But, by nickel and diming your customers. Yeah, I guess. So anyway, so we we do this and um we usually get the outdoor room. You know, but it was like negative something. It was like negative two or something outside. And apparently that's this a very is pop- January, here. right? Yeah. This is January, you know, in the Northeast. The place is in Massachusetts. Right. So. Um, apparently this is actually very popular for people to, I don't know if they're all practicing the Wim Hof method or what the hell's going on for them. <laughs>
1: it was crowded. We got there and there were just a line of hippies out the door, just waiting to get warm in the hot tubs. Right.
0: So normally you have to reserve for this place. And so I reserved, you know, I got what I, what we could, um, cause we decided somewhat short notice to do it. And, uh, we ended up having to get an indoor, uh, uh hot tub, which is fine. We've done that a couple of times. I think we like, when we've had friends go with us and everything and it, yeah, it's, it's, it's been nice. Um. And in the indoor ones, they say, well, here, would you like to choose some music? And I was like, oh, you know, that's interesting. Okay. You know, I'll, I mean, sometimes I think when we've done it before, we just didn't have any music, but I went looking through and, and there were some interesting choices. They have like this whole, you know, binder book where you can choose through all the music and everything. They had some Sigur Rós there. Maybe I would have gone with that. I'm a big fan of Sigur Rós. Uh, and you know, there's a bunch of some poppy stuff. I mean, like a pretty broad selection. It wasn't any Ozzy Osbourne or Kiss or anything, but, um, but there was a lot there. And one of them was like, it just said tantric meditation, something. And I was like, oh wow. So is- so of course Brian was intrigued by this and he yeah. had to try it. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, if I'm gonna choose something, um, yeah, let's go with that. You know, and and they played it. And not that we even like really heard it so much.
1: It was hard to hear over the bubble Especially when you got the, the bubbles tub. going. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but when we turn it off, you could definitely hear it more. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to it, I was like, you know, that's, that's pretty good. You know, it's just this pure instrumental, you know, you know whatever. It
1: had some sitar in there, yeah. I would say, you know, just to make it sound nice and tantric.
0: Right. And today, I said to myself, I was like, you know what? I wonder if I could find like an album with all that shit you know, and and with stuff on there and I couldn't exactly, I mean, there's albums, but I I wanted to like kind of try it before I buy, if you know what I mean, uh, Pirate Bay. And, um, I couldn't really get my hands on anything. So then I just went to YouTube and I typed in, uh, 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 tantric music and tons of shit came up. (laughs) I'm sure it did. (laughs) And it was all great. Wow. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh yeah, play this in the background and you can fuck to this. You know, like I mean, you either slow or whatever pace you're thinking about. That's like you, kind of what it's for. <laughs> yeah, you could make it happen, and and I mean, it's hot. I was, I, I loved it, and so I am updating my recommendation to say,
1: oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's really good.
0: Yeah. Now here's here's the rub. Ready? Here's 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 a suggestion. This is more of my anti-kind of smartphone bent that I've been on uh, lately. Unless you have YouTube Red, do not play this on your YouTube app uh maybe these ads will come up yes uh, because there'll be like these hour-long mixes a good time like an ad yep and and then the ad will pop up and then it's over now if you're running an ad blocker like you block origin on firefox or something i think in mobile it might even solve it too but certainly on desktop you can pull that off but here's the thing here's here's what i want you to do and then this is i i've done this to stephanie a, a couple times where like i'll hit, she'll just walk into the bedroom and say, like, there's been points where I've had my, uh, like, my desktop would be in the bedroom, mm-hmm. my desktop computer, and I have this really wide, uh, uh, widescreen monitor, like, super wide, and I'd go on YouTube, and I'd turn on, I'd put on a, a flame video, you know, or a fireplace video. Oh, and yeah. And just have, like, the fireplace. That and I really mean, nice. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're not feeling anything, but, like, it's it's just it's sweet, right? It's like oh, isn't that nice? You know, and and it, and it oh, makes oh yeah,
1: r- it changes the atmosphere. It it really does.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's something like that. People, I don't think generally expect. So if you're listening to this, you want to entertain a guy or gal, whatever. Um, you know, maybe maybe mute the fireplace video, but then play a tantric mute tantric music video on YouTube, <laughs> and I think you would you would surprise the hell out of whoever you know you were you're were wanting to have a good time with just. Uh, just remember your ad blocker. It's like your lube. You,
1: got, you can't forget it. <laughs> yeah. This is
0: why ad blockers are so important That's because right. it'll keep YouTube from playing their ads in the middle of, uh, you know, nine hour long tantric music, uh, yeah, because it has to be nine hours long, you know, cause it's tantra and sting and something <laughs> 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 anyway. Um, so there, there's my recommendation. Cool, uh, I that. like it. Yeah. Right on. All right. So let's get into these questions again. Some of them are going to be very short. Like these two are very, very short, um, is porn addiction real?
1: Oh, good question. Porn addiction. Yeah. This is a hot topic that's been yes. talked about a lot in recent years. Yes. And I haven't I will heard let that much take... about it in like the last two years, but I think like 2015 and 2014, I remember hearing a lot about it.
0: Sure. Well, I think that there's a reason for that. But if you want to give your your take as far as do you consider it like a real thing or not, um, well, there's a reason they asked us.
1: Um. Okay, so, yes, I think that you can get addicted to nearly anything. Right. Um, You can, and what defines an addiction versus normal healthy use or perhaps like slightly compulsive use, it's obviously it's going to be kind of a spectrum. But the point at which something becomes an addiction is when you are using it, to cope with other things that you don't want to deal with, you are doing it to the detriment of responsibilities that you might have, you are doing it so much or in such a way that it harms you or other people, that's when it starts to become, to cross over the line into becoming an addiction. And this can happen with anything. Um, Internet, right? Right. Like, we all use the internet, or most most of us use the internet, but if you're on the internet so much that you're forgetting to drink water, or if you're playing video games so much that you're you're forgetting to drink and you're becoming dehydrated, or, or you're losing all your friends and all your family because all you want to do is be on the internet or be playing games, like, then it's a problem, right? So, in order to determine if something is an addiction or not, you have to be willing to be really honest with yourself and critically evaluate, like, what consequences it's having on your life you know another indication of an addiction is that you want to stop you realize it's hurting you you want to stop but you feel you can't stop you feel it's compulsive you have to keep doing it and you're not sure why and it seems to have this strange power over you where it's very difficult to stop right
0: yeah um i think that i mean the the big concern or or the the real problem is when the stuff gets you know like like codified and pathologized mm-hmm. um where like it's porn addiction it's video game addiction it's smartphone addiction Again, like you said, all of these things can be, you know, comic books. There's, you're never going to hear. I, I cannot believe that there would ever be such a thing as comic book addiction. Mm-hmm. But comic book can be as harmful an addiction as anything else. Um, I know, you know, I used to hang out in plenty of comic book shops. There was guys, there were guys that would go in there. They would spend their entire paychecks. Oh yeah, that's on buying comic thing. books. Right. Um. Obviously, that's not healthy for you. You sure. know, and and I mean, and it wasn't like I mean, and they needed the money. They mm-hmm. needed to eat. You know, I knew these guys. Uh, so. Yeah, anything can become a, an addiction when it starts to pathologize against like specific items. Um, I have very real concerns when when people do that sort of thing.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because that is like the next part of what I was actually thinking too. Sure. Which is that it a lot of times when there's sort of a setup to to categorize something as an addiction, mm-hmm. it's a diagnosis that other people are applying to your habits right it's a it becomes a judgment on you and it becomes a thing where it's almost like okay this person has an addiction we have to force them to stop we have they need help yeah you know they need a an extreme intervention in which they're forced to stop doing this thing because clearly it's hurting them and maybe they can't even see that themselves um Or it becomes an excuse to not take responsibility for one's own behavior. For example, um, I think sex addiction is kind of similar to porn addiction. We
0: did get asked about that as well, but go ahead.
1: Okay, so we'll talk about this when it comes out. But the thing is, I think, yes, I think you can get addicted to sex or addicted to picking up strangers and trying to have one-night stands with them, that Uh kind of thing. I think you can get... um, People can have all all kinds of unhealthy kind of sexual behaviors that are compulsive or that are harming them or that they're doing to their detriment Mm -hmm. or that they're doing at the expense of doing other essential responsibilities and self-care and that kind of thing. But the problem with that, with calling something like that sex addiction, is that then you have suddenly this diagnosis of sex addiction. And the next time somebody cheats on their spouse The next time somebody looks at porn at work because they just had an oopsie, you know? (laughs) The next time somebody, uh, you know, a teacher sleeps with a student or something inappropriate happens like that, the person can say, oh, yes, I did this thing, but it's not my fault. I'm a sex addict. Right. I'm going to get therapy for this. I couldn't help it. I'm a sex addict. I admit that I was wrong and I'm going to get therapy. And it becomes a way to absolve them of responsibility, uh-huh. you know, and and also pathologize something that's quite sometimes isn't actually pathological. Right. Like the person who cheats on their spouse, you could say, yes, that's wrong. Like, mm-hmm. it is it is wrong to be dishonest with your partner. It's morally wrong mm-hmm. to mislead your partner in that way or to cheat on them and go against your agreement that you had with your partner or whatever. Uh, and it's also unfair to the person you're cheating with sometimes because they don't know about your partner or they think that you're available for a relationship when you're not, blah, blah, blah. There's all kinds of ethical issues with cheating, but it's not necessarily like, medically pathological it's not like necessarily something that person is doing at the expense of like drinking water and eating it's not something the person's necessarily spending their last dime on yeah or or going to do instead of work or something like that it's not necessarily rising to the level of something that's so pathological and harmful that it's clearly an addiction that it fits those criteria that we just talked about a minute ago for what constitutes an addiction in that sense, you know sex addict calling themselves a sex addict is just kind of an excuse to it's a cop out it's a way to avoid responsibility,
0: yeah, so I mean th- this is the problem with a lot of pathologies is that they are based upon a cons- they their foundation is some kind of agreed upon and it has to be agreed upon some kind of agreed upon normalcy mm-hmm. that who the fuck agreed to that you know and, and like Uh, For example, so often it's
1: agreed to by experts who have, you know, potentially an agenda, whether that's, you know, being regarded as an expert or whether that's selling pharmaceutical medications Ah that can then be applied to that diagnosis or whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like some people, you know, a question that we haven't gotten asked, but, you know, I know I've, I've read relationship books and stuff like this. And the question that comes up or at least in those books seems to come up often is like how often is too or like how much is too much masturbation is it once a day once a week Mm. twice a day three times a day Mm. you know how bad is it look everybody's different everybody's an individual some people have very high sex drives some people have very low sex drives some people coming three times a day for a guy even you know i mean like it's no problem they can do that on the regular you know. And
1: it may change over time, exactly. over the course of your life, depending on how old you are, right. what stage of life you're at and how much free time you have and right. other factors. But
0: some people might use those metrics of how often you masturbate, perhaps, to say to claim whether or not you're a porn addict or a sex addict. Right. Now, the interesting thing is that, in fact, I think before, did you say it during while we were recording or maybe it was before, but that you hadn't heard anything about porn addiction in like years. Oh, I did say that on the show. You said that on the show. Right. Okay. so there's the funny thing is that for a while there was this rash of information that was really popular around 2014, 2015. Yeah,
1: it seemed to be trending. It, there was even the no fap, like there was a hashtag, yeah, nofap no movement. fap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people which... were doing porn cleanses where they right. would reset their brain by not consuming porn
0: for 30 days or something like that. Yeah, it was almost, it was a fad. It was almost like a diet, it was a, a fap fad.
1: <laughs> right, it was. It was a masturbation and porn yeah. diet. Yeah, it was like a diet. <laughs> um, and that's a great analogy because people treat it as a diet, not a lifestyle <laughs> yeah because well, they would do it for a mo- like however long they could last right a month a week or however long they they made it and then they would go back to their old habits pretty much maybe a little bit better but
0: yeah <laughs> right now i covered this on the show at the time and i made the point i said wait a minute i've gone to all the links that these people are referencing these are blog posts this isn't actual research that anybody's done like there, 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 there's there's apps there is no research there are practically no research to suggest there's theoreticals, hypotheticals of oh it's affecting this part of your brain. It's like doing heroin or eating cheese, which let's be clear here, eating cheese is like chemically equivalent to doing heroin, right? Or I mean, like the addiction.
1: It's some of the same chemicals it, are being released. Similar reactions, yeah, right? It's not exactly. The it's same, not
0: but. like yeah, eating cheese is not like being on heroin. So, <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> but no, but they both release fun brain chemicals that are rewarding, and you know our brains are wired to want more reward and increasingly
0: rewarding rewards right but the point being is that the evidence barely existed that this was a real thing but everybody in that time frame was talking about it like this is you know This is the second coming of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, or the first coming of them, I guess. Or I don't know if all four of them were coming or what, because maybe they were coming that day. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of going to work. Right.
1: There was one website I saw that was really, that really seemed good and scientific. And it was, it went out of its way to say, like, we are coming from a scientific perspective. This is not a religious thing. This is Uh just, we're trying to present the science. And I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, I think it was Your Brain on Porn, actually. Okay. I, I remember. Remember that one being promoted a lot. But some of the NoFap, some of the NoFap websites and videos and blogs. Yes, they did have an a, a clear agenda. It was an overtly religious message. Yes. That believe, you know, religion coming from a religious perspective that believes that masturbation, masturbation and porn are just inherently wrong. And even would would say that things like romance novels that women would read are wrong because that's lusting in your heart. And that's like basically a version of porn that isn't healthy for people. Right. So, you know, they would say stuff like that at the extreme end of the spectrum. Yeah. So I see what you're saying about the bunk science, because there was a lot of bunk science mixed in with that. Yes.
0: So and you would get a lot of anecdotes from people who would say, well, I stopped jerking off for a month. And then even when a woman just touched me or hugged me, I would suddenly get a boner and all So that was a now, friend of mine that said that. And, well, yeah, but he wasn't <laughs> the only one. There are other people too. I, I really didn't mean to reference him.
1: Yeah, but I I think that's a funny story to bring up because like without saying who it was, I mean, like, okay, so this person said, I stopped jerking off to porn for thirty days and then I suddenly noticed I was at the bookstore and a woman like brushed up against me and I felt myself getting a boner. Right. Um is that really a good thing? No, Do you that's think terrible. That's,
0: like... <laughs> that's creepy as
1: fuck. Right. I know. It's like, okay, maybe you're a little too pent up. Right? Yeah.
0: Now, <laughs> now, that's just an example. Okay. Right. But yeah, I mean, th- like that, that's the whole opposite end problem. Like, like there's some real issues going right. on there. Like, I think, dude, maybe you should start jerking off again. Yeah. Big <laughs> that's time happening. Right. But here's the thing is that like, no, you know, I'm sure some of those anecdotes were very real. Okay. That point that doesn't point that that masturbating too much. Or, I mean, like, what is even too much? And this is this is my this is part of my point, is that I, I'll give you an anecdote. And Stephanie, I'm going to get a little personal. I can edit it out if you want. Okay. Okay. Um, d- do I do do I do I ever have like y- you know how many boners I get <laughs> throughout the course of a day or a week? Yeah. Sure. Okay. And how often? I mean, like. Let's let's say I'm, I'm you know, I'm ejaculating probably once a day or every other day or something like, I mean, I am I am definitely coming at the levels that the no fat movement would have said is terrible.
1: Well, I, I, I don't know about that because they were associating it with porn. And the problem for them, I think that they were saying was that young gentlemen were having trouble getting aroused by real-life partners because they were getting so overstimulated by porn that their their brain and their dick was getting to a, a threshold that no real partner could actually meet. And so some young guys were experiencing erectile dysfunction and weren't able to get it up
0: in real-life situations. And you don't have that because you don't watch porn. Well, okay, but that is wholly different. Like, I get that, all right? But my point is, is that it is physically possible to... Come every day and to for however many years even with the same person Mm -hmm. because you and i've been together what five years now and still get a boner like all the time you know from all kinds of things that's really sweet okay and and, you know i'm I'm just i'm just saying that like people show their love yeah well there it is (laughs) but but uh, my point in saying that is that it's an individual thing like what one person thinks is coming too much is not the same as it is for somebody else. We're all biologically varied. I mean, we're individuals, even biologically.
1: Yeah, that's completely right. And you could, you could look at a normal range to like everybody wants to know that they're normal. I think in some, most people want to know they yeah, want. Their, I, I they want to know I'm
0: abnormal, but yes. yeah, I know what yeah. you
1: mean because I feel like an alien all yeah, the time. Yeah, I'm a mutant. Yeah. <laughs> But most people want to know that they're normal on various things. And so maybe they might look at, they might look for a range, you know, what is is a normal range for masturbation or for sex or for porn watching or whatever? Um, And they might want to see where they fall within that range. Um, I know another thing people want to know, this is, maybe I shouldn't mix these two topics together, but like one thing that a lot of people, that I learned in medical school that a lot of people ask their doctors is how often should i be pooping and right. the the answer is the normal range is 3 times a day to 3 times a week now that's a pretty big range that's a
0: broad ass range <laughs> pun intended
1: yeah it is and i'm sure that the range for for sexuality is similarly broad or more broad.
0: Even more so, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, because we're all individuals. And so that's why we have to answer these questions for ourselves. This has to be a voluntary thing. Right. If you want to undertake a fast or a cleanse to, you know, get your dick wired differently or your pussy wired differently, some women can get oversensitized or to toys um, and to, to vibrators. Yes, yes that's yeah. right. And they have trouble having an orgasm a different way other yeah. than a vibrator because the that stimulation can be so intense, it can it can get you used to coming that way and then pretty soon you have trouble coming any other way and you need a vibrator. So women can go on vibrator diets as well, but it's something that really you you are the best judge of. And sometimes it can be hard to see because we've all had friends and family that are addicted to something whether it's alcohol or food addiction or their smartphones or the the internet or games or whatever, we've all seen people struggle with compulsive behaviors and be using something what we think is too much and they don't see it themselves. They're having trouble seeing the negative effects that it's, it's having on them. their life. But ultimately, we have to let people be the judge that there's no better judge than you because you're the only one who can really change it. You can't force somebody to change, you know? Right. Um, All those forced treatment programs, they don't work. Like when when somebody gets arrested for marijuana possession or drug possession or alcohol DUI or something like that, when they get forced into a court ordered treatment program, nobody wants to work at those programs because they know that they don't work. Yeah. And it's going to be meaningless because people don't want to be there. They're not going to change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to change, it's got to be for you and you got to want it. And yeah. It's got to be very intrinsic. And yeah. So, so here, so here, I guess here's my bottom line with this. Um, and I'm not stone cold Steve Austin, but. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> that's the bottom line. <laughs> Texas <Rattlesnaker. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh But so you can be addicted to porn. Yes. Just like you can be addicted to almost anything Lots else, of other things, yeah. Okay, not because it's porn. Now that said, that does not mean that porn is all porn is healthy, all porn is wonderful, all porn is you know the the act of the great dark lord, uh, and I mean that in a positive way. The you know, porn does have problems. It will, it can teach you very unhealthy uh, 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 practices. And uh mores of sexuality mm-hmm. okay, very unhealthy, like to where to where yeah. rape could be glorified, lots of other things you know could could really be held up as like, okay, no, this is what sex looks like, mm-hmm. okay. even just
1: unrealistic sex techniques that they have to do to show like for example, when you have to show Pussy eating done right, right is not much to look at on camera. But in order to show something on camera, they have to do it in a completely different way. Right. And people see that and they think, oh, that's how to eat pussy. Well, actually, no, it's not if you're interested in pleasuring your partner. Right. right, <laughs> That's just one example. There's Porn can be so problematic and most of it out there is really problematic. Yes, it is. And it's important to be aware of that. Yeah. Especially if you're a young person and you don't have much sexual
0: experience. Yeah. So that's where, you know, if you want to talk about problems with porn, that's where that's what you talk about. Not that people are necessarily addicted to it. That. Yeah. Like what it's putting on display, like you said, can be very problematic. You know, and I've said this before and I'll I'll say it one more time. One of the best things anybody could do if you you want to let's say you think you have porn addiction. Let's say you, you know, you think that that porn or, you know, that like you have some kind of problem with porn personally that you got to get over, find a way this will cure you. I guarantee you find a way to get on a porn set. It is not what you think. I have been there. I have been on one and it is one of the most, not all of them are this way, but then, you know, then I would say that the porn you're watching isn't unhealthy, but many of them, it, it is one of the most disturbing things you'll ever see. Is is a porn set? Not because of the amount of sex going on. The sex part's fine, it, or well, not exactly. But not not what's what's on camera is fine. It's what's happening on the other side of the camera that is positively disturbing. What you'll see, you know, and like, yeah. I mean, consent seems to be out the door on a lot of what's going on and it's not just about sex. There's lots of drugs and other things that not, not this isn't a drugs are bad kind of thing. I'm not saying that at all. I'd never say that. I am saying that, that it's, it's very creepy what you'd be looking at, you know, on the other side of that camera.
1: It's almost like, you know, most people, if they knew how their hamburger was raised, how that cow was treated, exactly. they wouldn't want to eat it. You it know? It's,
0: yes. Great. <laughs> it's, analogy. You got to be
1: an ethical consumer of porn. Right.
0: <laughs> great, great analogy there. And there so, is
1: like feminist porn out there that's made with a wide variety of, you know, races, ages, body types, genders, sure. uh, sexual situations. Uh, there's definitely porn out there that caters to um, the more... I and that is ethically produced and that caters to a more diverse kind of uh, idea of what sex looks like. Yeah. But that is not the majority of porn that's out there, especially on the free sites like
0: X tube or red or right. you, you know, like you porn or whatever, right. uh, though, I, I am. I am very pleased at and I talked about this in a recent Q&A episode for Patreon. I'm very pleased that like like Pornhub has Pornhub in many ways has almost become YouTube. Meaning that you have Pornhub stars. They're not porn stars. They don't live in Van Nuys. They, yeah, they are
1: stars. Where, so-called yeah, they're so called amateurs. Yeah, quote unquote amateurs.
0: But they, you know, they could be dynamite, and they're doing it in their own rooms mm-hmm. and all the stuff. I mean, that's becoming a very popular thing. They uh,
1: might make money from cam shows or things like that. Yeah, yeah,
0: like they could sell videos on other sites and and whatever else. But they get like a huge following on Pornhub. Great. Yeah. You know, like that. That's as consensual as it gets. They are their own directors. They are in complete control. I mean, that's independent entrepreneurship. And I Mm -hmm. think it's remarkable.
1: And just like any industry, the Internet is changing it. And, you know, we've seen the porn industry radically change over the last couple of decades, for sure. I just want to bring up something. Like if we're really going to strike the root here talking about porn addiction and sex addiction, why don't we talk about where all addictions basically come from? Ah. Because I think they do share a common cause or common causes. So often when people have addictions, it's a manifestation of trauma that they have that they have not processed or dealt with uh properly. Sure. And they are medicating themselves pain sure. that they feel. They don't have to feel that pain that they carry around with them when they're engaging in the addiction because it distracts them from it. It gives them a hit of dopamine or whatever, a hit of feel-good brain chemicals that makes them momentarily forget about the pain that they're carrying around. Right, And that pain, you know, the thing that they're doing is almost... Is almost irrelevant it's not really irrelevant because different behaviors have different consequences different addictions have different consequences but right. it could be smoking it could be alcohol alcohol is a like an emotional anesthetic it just sure. kind of gets it just kind of numbs those feelings right up sure uh smoking is something to do with your hands you know it's something that feels a certain way in your lungs it distract it, it distracts you from stuff yeah um you know porn is uh, Again, something to do with your hands, perhaps, gives you a hit of dopamine. It gives you rewards. Same thing with checking your email and checking your Facebook and all these other. We have so many addictive things that are available to us at all times in this world that it can be challenging to avoid them. But if you are mentally healthy and you have dealt with your past traumas, you are much less likely to fall into the need to use them as a form of medication to forget about uncomfortable feelings. Yeah. So really, if you want to get at the root of any addiction, you got to look to your childhood. You got to look to traumas that you've experienced. Maybe not even as a child, but could be as adult. Child yeah. traumas tend to be particularly impactful and particularly um, stick with people because sure. when you're young and impressionable, that's just how it is. Sure. So you know, look to your past trauma that you may not have processed. It could be a breakup that you, that happened to you recently. You yeah. know, but you have to find a way to. Feel those uncomfortable feelings so that they can go away and process that situation, maybe understand it in a new light, understand things about yourself and how it affected you. And, you know, really just come to terms with whatever it is. And it could be more than one thing. It could be multiple things. And, you know, try to try to heal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So porn addiction real. Yeah, it's real. It's real. But like, it's not a pathology.
1: Uh, well, any addiction is, is pathological if it's hurting you, but it's, it's not something that I think other people, it's not like a diagnosis that I think other other people should be able to apply to you forcefully and, right. and force you to get treatment for it because right. that won't work.
0: Porn addiction is real as in anything it's can, a thing yeah. in many things can be an addiction right yeah that's right. okay now sex addiction this was like a second part to that question right. um sex addiction would there be any difference or do you think that what we already talked about with porn addiction applies as well to that
1: um so yeah there may be some slight differences but everything that we said about porn addiction i think could easily apply to sex addiction uh-huh I would like to recommend that people check out, if they're interested in reading about this, check out Dr. Marty Klein. He writes about sex addiction, and he is a opponent of it. He doesn't believe that it's real. Yeah, um, he Um fan of his work. He wrote a book called The Myth of Sex Addiction, I believe. He's got articles by similar names he writes in Psychology Today and lots of other blogs. But he basically said what I said at the, earlier in this segment, that it, sex addiction has become... Like, yes, it's possible to get addicted to nearly anything, right. but but the term sex addiction has become an excuse for people cheating on their spouses or watching porn at work or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It has become a sin to like sort of shame people with. And then they can, you know, pay penance by doing therapy or something, but it's not really going to cure them because that behavior wasn't really, you know, sex addiction in the first place or whatever. Yeah. Um, and... The other disturbing thing that I've seen Marty Klein write about is that, you know, psychologists get together and they try to come up with definitions of what constitutes sex addiction. And some of those definitions basically just amount to you're having more sex than the therapist thinks is appropriate. Exactly. Or you're having a different kind of sex than the therapist, like BDSM. Right. You know, they might think that somebody who's into BDSM and is regularly sporting bruises because of their play parties is a sex addict because they might think, oh, they're hurting themselves. Well actually, no, they're just not familiar with the whole world of BdSM and that they're they know exactly what they're doing. They're doing it consensually with very carefully negotiated limits and boundaries in place beforehand, right. And it's just a different kind of sex than that therapist is maybe familiar with,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think all of that are all of that's great points. I mean, and this is, yeah, it it comes back to it feels like central planners are just trying to categorize fucking everybody and everything. You know, and, you know, the human condition defies categorization, uh, especially to that level, you know, of like even down to a person's sex drive. Um, It varies for everybody. Um, Yeah, I I think sex, sex addiction, other than like anything else, like we were saying with porn, yes, you can become addicted to things. However, that doesn't mean that you have some kind of mental imbalance. That doesn't mean that, you you know, it's not something that it's not like a diagnosis. You know, you you have an addiction. It's not like sex is somehow bad or that there's such a thing as too much sex or that there's such a thing as, yeah, something like or weird sex or something like that. You know, those
1: are all too much, too weird. Those are all judgments that are extremely subjective. Right. And really, the best person to decide whether it's a problem is you. Yeah, that comes from again Maybe with input from your loved ones, but it's really it's you.
0: Right. Which, again, comes from this foundation of normalcy that is also completely subjective and made up you know right social uh, norms yeah right yeah so arbitrary and this is another thing i think another big part of this too is that i think a lot of these prescriptions a lot of these diagnoses come from um the cultural aspect of or the the i don't want to say notion but it comes from it comes from monogamy that's not an insult to monogamy, because if you want to be monogamous, you choose that. Just like if you want to have a lot of sex, you choose that. If you want to watch porn, you choose that. OK, you could um,
1: be monogamous and still have a lot of sex, by the way. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> so They're um, not mutually exclusive. Right, right. But my my point being is that I think a lot of these are problems because somebody feels like they've been cheated on when maybe the person just shouldn't be monogamous you know, maybe that's not that doesn't fit their bill, or maybe they shouldn't be married. Or yeah, whatever. right, right. I mean, marriage is a whole other conversation.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that like that's yeah, or maybe they're having other problems in their marriage that could use some attention.
0: Yeah, so I guess what I want to say is that porn addiction and sex addiction, in the conventional understanding of them, are not real. But yes, you can be addicted to these things. Again, like we've said multiple times, just like you can be addicted to just about anything else. So. Okay. Yeah. Any, any other points on that? No, stuff, I man? like
1: that answer. Let's move on. All right, cool.
0: So um, let, we can go to that article now, uh, which I thought was interesting. And the article is, uh, is women or how sexually fluid are men and women really? Oh, and so they, they, yeah, um, they wanted to hear our thoughts on this. And it says new research. And this is from psychology today. New research adds to surprising insights into both genders. Heteroflexibility. Both genders. Da-da. I'll read a bit here. Uh, over the, yeah, like as if there's only as two. As there's only two. Yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about constructs. Um, over the past two decades, women's sexuality has become increasingly seen as more fluid than men's. Yep, I've heard that. Okay, so now I want to stop for a second. I'm sure what psychology today maybe means, and they're basing it upon someone else's research, not necessarily their own, is that, like, I mean, so, so you know, there's a male body in a female body, and there's even, you know, room within all of that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what they mean more than they mean gender. Like, like,
1: Right, yeah. Can people confuse sort of the familiar biological sexes to equate to gender a right. lot of the time? they confuse and, sex with yeah. gender, yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: often. So, and I think that's a case of what's happening here.
1: Yeah, and I mean, sometimes it makes sense for research studies or just for simplicity's sake to kind of talk about the two familiar genders. But, right. you know, with the... With the awareness and acknowledgement that not everybody might fall neatly into those categories.
0: Exactly. So reading on uh, many studies have offered evidence confirming this, um, that that women are more fluid than men. Uh, Take, for instance, a 2010 survey of college aged women that found 84 percent have fantasized about same sex encounters or have had a same sex attraction. Um, then there was a oh yeah and the
1: other 12% are lying (laughs) (laughs) just just kidding I'm sorry they're not lying Uh, I don't mean to marginalize those poor straight women but they are in the minority according to this
0: yeah uh, it says see also a study by Meredith Shivers in which women participants uh, irrespective of what sexual orientation they identified with became aroused in response to all types of stimuli ranging from straight and lesbian porn to videos of copulating bonobos
1: (laughs) I've heard of that study before sure basically women are turned on by everything except a naked man
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> go figure yeah right uh so going on um, by contrast men's sexuality is still often seen as less flexible only 51 percent of the aforementioned college women's male peers reported ever having a same-sex attraction or fantasy and in Chiver's study men who identified as straight were less likely to become aroused in response to pornography that didn't correspond with their explicitly stated preferences researchers haven't quite agreed on whether this is evolutionarily ingrained or whether social stigma and traditional gender-based roles shape men's expression and experience of desire i'm going to cut in real quick here and say oh it's the latter It's
1: it's the social stigma
0: yes it is because men will you know they they they're taught like the first thing they're taught, you get toughen up, boy, you know, yeah. and you have to Don't be gay. Whatever Don't be you're a sissy boy. Don't be a soy boy. Well, whatever you're getting accused of, that may seem socially unacceptable, you will do whatever it takes to make sure you're not like falling into that Mm -hmm. you know so that is totally going to color any kind of study or research yeah um, in my opinion
1: i mean if we look at cultures historically that have been more accepting of male homosexual interactions of which there are plenty ancient greece and rome yes you know um it was just generally kind of expected that every man would kind of be bisexual yeah and a lot of them were by all accounts yep including the
0: manliest of men right being the spartans uh, mm-hmm. of ancient greece that's but hot. Uh, hey <laughs> uh yeah you know and i'll, I'll say quick for me like if, if if i was in this study have you ever been like if the question was have you ever been attracted to a man yes mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> like and i could name them mm-hmm. you know uh you know so i would we even, talking like celebrities or like people you knew in real life uh i mean ma- mainly celebrities but then that's kind of a I mean, that talk about fluid, that's kind of a fluid thing for me because I've had the great uh, or what I consider the the luck and good fortune of meeting being able to meet a lot of celebrities <laughs> and, and, and like getting to have dinner with them. So just saying that it's a celebrity crush isn't exactly fair. Um, right. So, you, you know, but I mean, I generally don't go "Quote unquote, go after men." You know what I mean? Like that's that's not exactly my first choice, mm-hmm. but I would still fall under that. Oh no, yeah. I mean, I guess technically that would make me almost bisexual, or, or that would make me bisexual. Bi curious, curious, maybe yeah. would be the better term. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just putting that out
1: like there. a one on the Kinsey scale. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm
0: there. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, two, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, Anyway, um, adding a further insight to this complicated picture is a recent study by researchers at Wayne State University and Western Illinois University who planted themselves outside bars in a, quote, Midwestern town in the United States, end quote, to recruit 51 men and 32 women for an experiment on sexual willingness. The first step of the study was determining whether interested participants were sober enough to consent. To the study, that is, sobriety was determined by uh, by a few coordination tests similar to that a campus security official gives to uh, suspiciously intoxicated students. Um, think rubbing your belly while patting your head without issue, and the ability to remember the researcher's name and major after he or she stated the, uh, this to the participant. After proving themselves cognizant enough, participants were shown a brief PowerPoint presentation. Boy, is there anything that'll give you a, a rehab more than that? I mean, you know. <laughs>
1: PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah.
0: PowerPoint presentations. Like, wow, there goes my sex drive um, <laughs> yeah. right out the window. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's not a hard drive anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <It's a> floppy.
0: <laughs> but uh, a PowerPoint presentation depicting an attractive young man or woman alone in a bar chatting up the bartender. 32% of males and 23% of females saw an attractive young male. 29% of males and 16% of females saw an attractive female. Some slides in the presentation had an audio component narrating a typical night out. Think, quote, you walk into a bar, you sit down at an open seat at the bar, end quote. And describing the attractive other in the photos is stating to the bartender that he or she, quote, wanted to see where the night would lead, end quote. Participants were then briefly surveyed about how likely they might be to do the following. A buy the individual depicted in the present PowerPoint presentation, a drink B knock back a few drinks with the person C go home with the man or woman D spend the night and E sleep with this individual. Then they were asked about their sexual orientation, assigned sex, male or female age, student status, and recent consumption of alcohol of alcohol. Uh, how many servings and how many recently did you last drink? Um, Concurrent with previous research, such as a famous experiment conducted by Clark and Hatfield in 1989 that found women are markedly less willing to go to bed with strangers than men are, female research participants were overall less willing than their male counterparts to engage in any sexual activities with the fictitious person seated alone at the bar. That reluctance decreased, however, with each successive drink female participants consumed. Um, Do you have any thoughts
1: on that? So what what are they saying there that alcohol lowers people's inhibition that basically people secretly want to have one night stands with strangers, but they know it's not a good idea. And only when their inhibitions are lifted by alcohol, do they actually follow through with it?
0: Let me read the next paragraph. Okay. Not so surprising, right? In case you haven't replicated this, alcohol consumption has been proven to make us find, uh, find, to make us find more attractive those whom we might not swipe right on in a soberer sober state. <laughs> what was intriguing about participants' willingness to hook up with a stranger was the difference along male and female lines. Women's interest in hooking up with the fictitious individual at the bar increased with each drink regardless of that individual's gender. Despite the fact that all women in the study identified as heterosexual... Uh (laughs) Oh, so I can read on a little bit because there's only like three more little paragraphs. Mm -hmm. So we and then we can talk about it. Uh, By contrast, men's interest in hooking up with fictitious others remained stable with each drink when that fictitious other was a female. In other words, alcohol had an insignificant effect upon a male's willingness to sleep with a woman. They wanted to just as badly, regardless of their sobriety level. Men's willingness to experiment with another male sitting at the bar, however, was responsive to alcohol, meaning the more men in the study, the more men in the study drank, the more open, the more open they became to having some type of sexual encounter with a man. Keep in mind that, like all the women in the study, every male participant identified as heterosexual. The researchers believe that alcohol may loosen the constraints some men place on themselves that, when sober, enable them to conform to the sexual scripts they associate with traditional masculinity. Such a propensity to explore options outside the straight and narrow may also increase over time, as other research suggests uh, men's attraction to same-sex partners rises with age. Interestingly, the same study observing this trend found that women's sexual interest in same-sex partners decreases with age, albeit only slightly.
1: Oh, that hasn't been my experience. Indeed.
0: I The takeaway of the study is that men's sexuality isn't necessarily as rigid as we all may think, mm-hmm. uh, nor does one's stated sexual orientation determine or fix who and what one is attracted to, especially or at least not when alcohol is involved. Right. So what do you think? Do you, oh, I mean, my God, are you coming so... away convinced that uh, women are more fluid or what?
1: No, I mean, I think that the last study that they talked about with the PowerPoint was it's just that, you know, for women, it's not really socially acceptable to sleep with anybody in a one night stand situation. Uh-huh. They will be judged as slutty or inappropriate or whatever. or yes. And they may actually feel legitimate danger about putting themselves in a situation where they might be uh, physically vulnerable and they're usually smaller and it's harder to fight somebody off if they needed to and whatever, they have something that people want who are bigger than them. And that's scary. So, you know, I I get it. Um, Alcohol lowers people's inhibitions and so women might be more likely to do something that is, they might start to care less about the socially acceptableness of what they want to do. Or what they may want to do, you know, when they're when they're drunk, Um, it starts to matter a little bit less how society would perceive them and the judgments of other people. For men, it is socially acceptable to want to have one night stands. What have they got to lose? It's like pretty much. Yeah, they they, it's a win win for them. They get they get Well, There's a
0: social reward for a man doing it as to where there is a social uh, uh, punishment yeah, for women doing it. That's exactly. right. There's a
1: double standard. Yes. And that's reflected, I think, in that data. I did find it really interesting that the men were more open to a same sex encounter if they had a couple of drinks.
0: Yeah, the more they drank, the more they were because open that's to that's not something. That's not socially acceptable. Right. So maybe that
1: desire is always kind of there, but it needs a little few drinks to come out.
0: Speaking anecdotally, though, I'm sure enough people would would cooperate this that maybe it would fall out of anecdote. Mm-hmm. I mean, like guys do get a lot more huggy and touchy feely when they drink. I've experienced that many, many a time.
1: Mm-hmm. So, some people which, get horny when they drink too. Of yeah, all sexes and genders. That's true. And but I mean,
0: and some people get you know more violent when they drink. I mean, there's there's, there's a there's a broad range of reactions. So
1: yeah. I have definitely had an experience where, um, in, a, in a party situation, a woman who I thought was heterosexual and kept saying she was heterosexual, nah. uh, although maybe she protested too hard, I don't know. Uh, you think she doth protest <laughs> w- too much? Had a couple of drinks and suddenly was interested in making out with me, <laughs> who was an out bisexual, you know. Right. <laughs> Everybody knows, I I don't hide it, that I like women, you Ooh, know. So, right on. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it makes you it makes you I think when you're out as a as a queer it makes you a safe person to experiment with for people who are questioning or maybe Mm -hmm. bi-curious or whatever because they know that you you already are queer and so they feel more comfortable like exploring it with you
0: yeah Um, I mean my woo right on was like pride in that you're proud oh thank you yeah Yeah.
1: not like a lascivious thing no no no, no, (laughs) no 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 cool well anyway um yeah, this this woman who I thought was straight, and I was you know just treating her in a friendly way, became interested in in uh, making out with me when she got drunk, and it was just confusing more than anything else. I felt a little bit objectified. I felt a little bit like I was sort of like a thing to experiment on that mm-hmm. she thought she could kind of use to experiment. And I mean, not that I was complaining that much because I enjoyed the makeout. Uh, and I didn't have any expectations beyond that right but, um it, it it felt a little strange like I think as a as an out uh, queer person I would rather um if I'm gonna do anything with anybody I would rather that they also be out and like have have a solid sense of their identity and who they're attracted to yes. and not be not be the person that a questioning person experiments with
0: yeah understood
1: or at least if a questioning person wants to like, if they want to figure out their sexuality, I'm totally down to help them with that. I will talk about it all day, but don't figure it out by making out with me when you're drunk. Like, let's just talk about it when we're both sober. And maybe, you know, I would feel more comfortable with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a couple things come to mind for me on this. One is, and at some point I'm going to have somebody on this show to talk about it, that, that can really have a great, intelligent conversation about it. I don't know. And so I stay away from it. I don't know where the line of consent is when one starts drinking. Yeah, that's another really difficult question. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I usually avoid those situations, too.
0: Yeah, I try to, unless it's somebody that I'm already a friend with, very friendly with, or something like that, um, even then, like, I mean, one wants to be really cautious. Uh, Yeah.
1: I've had a couple of situations where a significant other of mine was i felt too drunk to consent to sex with me right and so i didn't have sex with them even though they were my girlfriend
0: exactly yeah um you know and, and and the study in general like a bar should just be an instant turnoff in my in my personal opinion a bar should be a fucking turnoff for where to find somebody that you'd want to spend any amount of time with okay and i'm not saying i'm against drinking in fact Kind of kind of the opposite. Like, I I sort of understand. I mean, and the study sort of like kind of brought up some of some of the points. And in fact, really might even expand on it a little bit. Um, But like, I understand why women drink, because I I get how hard society pushes so much bullshit on women. Yeah. And it is very hard hard to get a break from it. It's hard to get out of that shell, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as they want to. You know, perhaps, perhaps
1: I get that, too. I,
0: mean, uh, I, I get why anybody drinks because, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like sometimes you just want to break from it all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm far more forgiving of women drinking than necessarily I am of men. However, this study is very interesting in that, oh, suddenly men might want to get a little sexual about yeah. things once they, you know, once they they lube up a bit, want to love uh, socially loose. lube. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. and so I don't know, you know, I've for a little I mean, I'll just say this and I, I've i said this before Um, and there's research to back it up, which they some of which they mentioned at the beginning of the article. I mean, yeah, I, I think I think women are are more f- fluid, but, I, you, you know, as far as sexuality goes. Um, but I'm getting to the point where I think really everybody's fluid. Mm-mm. Just some people, you know, uh, are amenable to it within themselves and some aren't.
1: Yeah. As the culture changes, maybe we'll see a shift and it'll pe- appear as though people are getting more fluid. I think a lot more of it is social programming than yes. most people care to admit. Yes. Um. I mean, God, just thinking about it i mean i think i've always been um i guess bisexual Mm -hmm. but growing up in a world where there were no gay characters in any of the books that i read or any of the tv shows that i watched except maybe like will and grace but that was like a very flaming like stereotypical gay male character there were no bisexual characters to speak of every disney movie was a heterosexual love story of a prince and a princess. And right. the princess always looked a certain way and had a really skinny waist and big eyes and was white with, like, beautiful long hair and was very feminine gender expression. Like, seeing that template so many times over and over... I, you, how could you possibly get through a childhood like that and think that it didn't affect you in some way? Being told over and over again, someday you're going to wear a wedding dress and you're going to walk down the aisle with your husband and your father's going to give you away. You know, like being prepared for something like a wedding, which is like this weird display of like sexual baggage like weird gender roles and you know notions of marriage and monogamy like being prepared from that from the time you're literally like a little girl pre-puberty is just it's crazy to think that doesn't affect you and sometimes I think that you know women are there's like a radical feminist argument I'm going to go way off and (laughs) off the deep end here for a second there's like a radical feminist argument that women are, by nature, not really inclined to be attracted to men, but they are conditioned to accept it. And they are conditioned to believe that that's the only thing, you're, that's your only option. You have to learn to like it. And, you know, there are times when I can see that argument Mm -hmm. don't i'm ducking don't throw a rotten tomato at me but i've you know like i can really see that argument i mean have you ladies have you ever had the experience where there was a guy that was showing interest in you and you were like you know he's really kind of ugly like i'm He's actually kind of repulsive, but then you see things about him like he's funny or he has a good personality and you start to like him and you're like, yeah, you know, I could get used to his physical appearance. And then you kind of warm up to it. And I mean, that's the kind of thing that I mean. It's like, would you even give him a chance if it weren't so socially, um, so socially enforced, really, to be with a man?
0: Sure. Well, I'll say this right out. And I'm not the only one that said this. And if you want to go down the list of fucking celebrities that have celebrity men who have openly come out and stated this, guys are ugly. Like in general, guys are ugly. What you, you know, what, what maybe you could fall in love with is either the mind Mm -hmm. or maybe you enjoy perhaps what his appearance hints at what he's capable of, Mm -hmm. you know, not so much like the line. I mean, guys, guys listening to this, come on. You know, like what's a, and it's not just because we're guys. Like, what is what has better, you know, symmetry, better lines, all this different stuff that you that we generally use to define beauty. It ain't men. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Oh yeah, it's the female, feminine form. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just not. So I, I don't think that that statement is necessarily. Well, I, I get it. It might be extreme, um, but I, I kind of get like the, the abstract notion. There's something to it, you know.
1: I mean, I say this as a person who now identifies as bisexual, but had such a muddy, murky time figuring that out. I remember being so many situations where I was attracted to a woman, college, you know, high school even, and I felt so guilty, confused, ashamed, um, like something was wrong with me that it really gave me a, a hard fucking time. And I didn't. I didn't like drink alcohol then so I didn't cope with it that way but it I coped with it in other ways and I had to cope with it because it was just it felt so wrong because of what I grew up learning from culture mm-hmm. and eventually I was I was not able to ignore it it was so it got to the point where with a specific person it was so strong the attraction that i could not ignore it and that's when i knew i had to i had to do this work and i had to come out and i had to figure it out and i you know i listened to a lot of podcasts i listened to a lot of bisexual and lesbian people talk about women loving women i tried my best to to normalize it to provide the normalization that i never got growing up as a child, right, and once I kind of immerse myself in that, it feels like the most natural thing in the world, and it just shows how much, like, the media that you consume and the culture affects your sexuality. It's kind of amazing, actually, to see how much it affects it. And this is one of the reasons that I spend so much time uh, narrating lesbian love stories <laughs> in my in my work, you know, because yeah. I just think it's so important for people out there to have models and not role models necessarily, but just to see what relationships like this can look like, to see that there are many different forms that um, same sex and, you know, non-binary and different gender relationships can take and that they're all kind of okay, and you don't have to be limited to a specific
0: template. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess I do want to say, I mean, you know, gay men are obviously into men. And that's that's a kind of attraction that is Gain very bisexual men. Yeah, and, and bisexual, and sexual, whatever. Sure, sure. So I mean, as far as like what makes that all work, maybe the the opinions differ there. Um, you know, on on all of that. But yeah, yeah.
1: Well, oh, are you saying like how could gay men be into men because men aren't beautiful? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I. That's a good question. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, and I'm open to hearing actually those points, you know, uh, feel free to message me and we could talk about in the next relationship. Ronda I mean, show.
1: maybe maybe men aren't beautiful, but there's there is something that they have going for them if you're a gay man, which is that, you know, you can understand there's the shared experience with any same sex relationship. It's uh-huh. just like usually you share the experience of growing up as that gender, being treated as that gender, which right. is a huge one, and all the expectations and all the baggage that goes along with it, having certain body parts, being able to relate to each other on that, having different, like, certain experiences you can relate but to But none other of that's on.
0: really physicality. None of that is the physical body itself, right?
1: Well, I don't know, because I could imagine, like, if I was a man, like, just the experience of having a really, being really driven by sex. Like, I've heard a lot of men say that, that they just have this this sex drive that sometimes it just feels like you're thirsting in the desert and yeah, you right, just right. have to have it. And it's so strong. Yep. And I think like female bodied people don't often experience it quite that way. Yeah.
0: Like, you know, right. But again, that's not like, so as an analogy, women are Lamborghinis. Okay. Like biological women are Lamborghinis. Mm. <laughs> Men are F one hundreds or F one fifties. Okay. Do, do, do you get my, do you get my point? I'm saying raw Uh, physical. Sure. (laughs) What do you? Okay. Yeah. Tell me more about that. So a guy, even in his best look, Mm -hmm. you know, is comparable to a truck. They even call them that. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking purely physical form. Okay. Nothing else about the person, not their mentality, Mm -hmm. not, you know, nothing else about it. Just pure physical form. That was the point I was making earlier is that. What we generally define as graceful and beautiful and things like that are not found in the in the male biological form, physical form, Mm -hmm. nothing more than their physical form. There's other I think strength can be, you know, or could could be argued a beautiful thing like you could use the term beautiful or at the very least can be an attractive thing. But all that that's very different from, you know, describing like an actual physical form mm-hmm. you know taking it at face value at the physical form and that's why i say women are lamborghinis right i mean you know the lines can be nice the <laughs> you know there's a sleekness there's you know all, all these different again we're just talking physical form not nothing more no other parts you know you know counted about it um so yeah i don't know i like i recognize that i can be attracted to a guy but it's not out of what is you know what what litter a literal beauty like I don't, I don't think there's a literal beauty there. It's mm. be, it's other aspects,
1: right? You need a little bit more than just the physical mentality, yeah.
0: strength. Mm. Uh, you know, things like this that 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 could turn me on. Sure, um, strength can be sexy. Sexy is different from beauty. Yeah, you know? uh, and and so yeah. Anyway, I was just kind of clarifying on
1: that. Yeah, okay. I think I see what, where you're going with that. Yeah. yeah, I agree.
0: I'm not ripping on men because like. I mean, please, I look at my own body, you know, and I take enjoyment in it. I look at the body of other guys, you know, I'll watch Mr. Olympia, whatever, and I take enjoyment in it. I'm not ripping on men. Don't go canceling your Patreon. Brian hates men. No. Okay. Because I don't hate myself. All right. <laughs> Give me a break.
1: Would you identify as a man? Do you consider yourself? A man? Yeah.
0: Yep. Out of pure ease. Right. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, philosophically, I'm, you know, I, I, I not believe, I don't think it's belief. I think it's fact. I'm I'm an ego. Everyone's an ego. Mm. An individual ego. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh and and all this everything else is just you know, whatever, biology and some other nonsense. But um Biology is a spook. Yeah. Well, no, I would never say that. <laughs> Biology's very real, but <laughs> um but yeah, I mean just for simplicity's sake, sure, I'm a man.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, I think we covered the question, right? Which was... What do we think about that? Yeah. Is our women's sex sexualities more fluid than men's? Oh, yeah. One last point. The article sure. said something about, like, women want men more as they get older. Um, That hasn't been my experience. And partly because, you know, I was in the closet when I was younger and uh-huh. I was repressed about it. But I just find that as I get older, and especially as I've had more negative experiences of men like with the Me Too movement and just mm-hmm. realizing a lot of sexual harassment that happened to me and sexual trauma that happened to me done by men. Right. Um, you know, I I get less and I grow less and less interested in men all the time. Sure. And more and more interested in women. Sure. Do Absolutely. Friendships, you know, having their company around lovers, whatever.
0: Right. Yeah. Fair. So, I mean, and that's that's totally understood. Yeah. Um,
1: and I it, Brian you're you're wonderful when I talk about this you n- never seem to feel threatened by it and you un- totally understand why where I'm coming from which is part of where you're why you're awesome. Well thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean I I folks I fell in love with a man. I love Brian and I'm not going anywhere, you know, but if I if I were single or whatever at this point in my
0: life, I wouldn't be looking for a man. I'd be looking for a woman. <laughs> yeah. Well thanks love. Uh well, I mean, and this, this is, and this, this drives me nuts. You know, when, when women complain about these things, will men do this? Will men do that? Yeah. They do. Like, <laughs> what, what do you want? I'm not saying that to the women. I'm saying to, to the guys who are like, they're, they're collectivizing. They're doing this. No, they fucking do. Like, this, this this isn't coming out of nowhere and you know it. And some of you even take pride in it. You know, and, and I, it just, if you don't do that, I said this on a recent sovereign tech. I said, look, you know, if you're a guy that doesn't do this bullshit that Mm -hmm. the Me Too movements against her, then guess what? When they say men do this. They're not talking about you. Yeah. You're okay. You can just get on with your fucking life and do what you're doing. Stop being so goddamn self-interested in what everybody else, uh, you know, thinks about you, because what other people think about you is none of your business. Right. It's none of your business. I am. You know why this stuff doesn't offend me? You know why it doesn't bother me? You know why when somebody tells me what they've experienced and what they're going through and what they think happens when they go out into the world and all that, why it's totally okay with me, because I've got my own shit to do. <laughs> because right. i admit to my self-interestedness and i and i it, and and you know and i deal with it. And the people that i love if i see that they're hurting you better fucking believe i'm going to listen to them. You know, yeah,
1: and, listen try try listening to people instead of just getting defensive and say, oh no, i don't i'm not like that. Well, consider for a minute that what if you are. Right. Be open to the possibility because if someone you care about is is saying it, you know, maybe you should listen to them. Yeah.
0: <sighs> well, <laughs> I don't, know, you, I don't know about you, but I feel pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So Really good. We got all that off the chest. Yeah. Um, okay. The chest. There, there were a couple of, uh, of other questions. Uh-huh. Do, do you have time? We're, we're, what time is it? Uh, it's can a little, we take
1: a quick bathroom we, break? We, we
0: actually, can take a bathroom wait. break. I'm going to hit the pause button. <laughs> okay. And they'll never know.
1: <laughs> They'll so, never know what we did. Yeah, during that indeterminate amount of time. Yeah, that very paused.
0: Right. So <laughs> the magic of radio, folks. Woo. Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, let's get on to our next question. Hopefully, we haven't lost everybody after uh, after talking about that. Um, and the next question—it's actually a two-parter. And it basically, without reading a bunch of stuff to, you know, really prop up our, um, egos and not like the ego that we are, not like the unique, ineffable thing that makes us, um, but our, you know, more conventional egos, um,
1: <laughs> the thing that gets inflated. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> how do, so the, the person pretty much asks, how do I get a Stephanie Murphy? Now, well, the, uh, well hold on. Uh, because, there's only one available. Yeah. <laughs> the other what part of it is how do i get a brian sovereign and of course what they mean is is you know how do they find what they think you and i or well what we do have um you know how how do they
1: how yeah. do they find a relationship like the one that we have yeah how do they
0: find a woman like you mm. and i guess how do they find a man like me
1: That's an interesting question. Are you sure that they meant that, or are you, or did they mean like, how would
0: they get with us if? No, I'm 100% certain they didn't mean how to
1: get with us. Okay,
0: good. (laughs) Because that would not make it it on this show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm not going to give people an instruction manual. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Though I'll tell you, I'll I'll just put this out there. Um, If you don't like Star Trek, or you can't even really talk it, we got nothing. (laughs) So. Well, In my book.
1: Okay, that may apply to you. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> yeah. apply to me. But I do like to talk about Star Trek. Yes,
0: we watch it every week.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so I guess where do people like us hang out? <laughs> We we put ourselves out there on the internet. Well, that's the crazy thing. We met at a place we'd never hang out. <laughs> well, we physically, we, we physically met at a place where we wouldn't hang out. True. But the initial introduction was on the internet because I was putting myself out there on the internet by my podcast.
0: Yes. Which is a wholly different from social media. Right. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, I think people like us who have a lot to say and have ideas and stuff um, will put themselves out there on the internet in some form, even if they're really introverted. Like, we are pretty introverted. Like, yes. I don't really post much on social media. right? But I do love podcasting as an art form and as a medium of communication. Yeah, And I pour a lot of my heart out into it, you know? Right. I don't, there's certain things that are too personal that I don't talk about on podcasts and whatever, and I don't share. But I do put a lot of myself out there to the point where I think I I attract people who are who are feeling what i'm putting out you know Mm -hmm. so that's that's one i mean i guess it's a siren
0: song almost
1: it's not a siren song it's not like luring people to a false thing that well it's not false that's why i say almost yeah but
0: i mean that that's kind of an analogy yeah
1: yeah it's just i mean when you put yourself out there on the internet like attracts like right So, I mean, if you if you have something to say, you should put yourself out there on the Internet and you might be surprised at who you would meet like friends, too. Sure. I mean, made a lot of great friends that way as well.
0: Yeah. Um, Boy, like, obviously, you're not. I, I don't know. I don't know anybody else quite like me. We're all individuals, of course. But even then. Um, In fact, somebody recently I know said on Twitter, very gracious, actually, somebody who's a patron of this show, um, he very graciously stated that you want to listen to real individuals. There's like five people, I think, on the list. Myself, you were on that list. And Hmm. MK Lords is on that list. I think uh, another patron, actually, Jim Jesus of the Lulberts, he was on that list. Um, And they said those are individuals. Meaning that, sure, everybody's an individual. But then there's people who are like, okay, no, they're fucking different. You know, so I'm not saying I don't even have to say it about myself. You can go to this guy's tweet, um, you know, to, to 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 put that together. Um, so, yeah, I like how to find me. Where would I be? You know, if you're looking for a Brian Sovereign, um, honestly, if I were single and alone, you'd find me at a science fiction convention mm. um, that that's that's about where where you would find me. Uh, I don't think you'd find me at a bookstore. Um, I don't, you know, I, there's very few other places I could imagine where, like, I would be there for a long period of time where you could even experience, uh, you know, the person that I am. Um, so, in the abstract, I'm not saying, yeah, I, I guess maybe that, that uh, maybe I'm being too, too, um, too literal in my answering of the question. But if you were looking for a Brian Sovereign, um, that's where you'd find me. You'd, you'd find I me think, amongst the geeks.
1: Yeah, I think my answer is kind of similar to that. Like, uh-huh. if I were looking, I would probably. You know, you might meet me at a professional kind of thing. Which presents a problem because I'm not saying hit on people at work events, but like, I don't know, like maybe I would go to a conference about something that I was interested in, like voiceover or like uh, Bitcoin or something like that. I did go to a lot of Bitcoin conferences, wasn't single at the time, but, you know, (laughs) like I like to uh, participate in things that I'm interested in and I like to see intellectually stimulating talks and things like that. So maybe a conference environment would be good because it is sort of like casual, but also can be professional or intellectually stimulating stimulating in in a certain way too.
0: Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't hang fi- out there. Right. You wouldn't find me, not really. You wouldn't find me and I mean this with no offense to the events and I'm I'm serious about that. You wouldn't find me at Porkfest. Like that's not where you're going to find me. Mm-hmm. You know, me in my element. Well, you wouldn't me find me or
1: Brian at a bar.
0: No. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> yeah, do not look in a bar. That is not where you're going to find you know, yeah. It's uh, if you <sighs> And I know the the amount of places where you can do this are shrinking by the day.
1: Yeah, but it's tough. You've... But the internet isn't, and it's, it's yeah. still there. Podcast.
0: I, I don't know. I know. But I know you. you, you can't... I
1: know you have problems with social media, but I never used social media to to meet partners. Really, it was more like my podcast. I, and I wasn't using my podcast to meet partners either. No, right. I just put myself out there, and I ended up attracting people who became friends and a partner, which is you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's how I encountered you was was through your podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the other place where you'd find me is on my radio is on my show. You yeah, know, obviously. Uh, and we're we're both so serious and passionate about what we do
1: that it's if someone takes an interest in it, we really feel like we're being seen and understood. Yeah. Because it's yeah. such a big part of who we are and stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, that that part of it makes it tough. Because like, it can be, it can be hard for me in that, like, say, say somebody was like attracted to me. Right. Um, because of my show, they know me and we've, we've mentioned this before, but there's a little bit of an angle to this that might not have been said before. They know me for, I mean, they, they know me like, because I put myself out there, you know what I mean? I don't know them. Here's the problem that can become a very boring situation for me. Mm-hmm. Because... All I can do is ask you questions,
1: right? It's, and we it can't. Feels one-sided, yeah.
0: yeah, but you already know Unbalanced. everything about me, and and if anything, I, I'll often feel like an ass because I'll talk about me. But you already know that, and I'll be like, "Well, <laughs> you listen to the show, you know that, you know." Yeah, and, and I'll feel like an idiot.
1: Awkward social situation. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So
0: that's that's a tough way to to like to find a person, mm-hmm. or at least understand that. Like, if you were really going, you know, if you're really interested in actually getting with somebody, use a podcast or something. Like know that y- you could end up having a very lopsided conversation that would not allow the relationship to develop friendship or otherwise, you know would not allow it allow it to develop in the natural course that most romantic relationships or like I said friendship whatever would normally go, sure you know that that can make it very difficult. you
1: can end up idealizing someone too if you just hear them on the radio, yeah, that You can, can think happen of too. them as a, almost like a celebrity or you build this image of them up in your mind, but really they're just a person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, because I can be, well, I, I am usually, you know, like, like way more somber than I than I am on my show. Like, I don't normally just yell at people. <laughs> um, not normally. Yeah. And uh, yeah.
1: You know, you might also meet a person like us through a friend of a friend. Yep. Right. Like we don't tend to go out looking for new friends, but the friends that we already have, we will hang out with them. And if they introduce us to someone, we usually take it seriously because we respect our
0: friend's opinion. Well, that's a huge thing, too. Okay, And and this is this is a very important point, is that like I really when I want to call somebody a friend, like really call them a friend and I want to invite them into my home and all that. I don't mean to put any kind of expectations on people but like, I'm putting a lot of trust in in that person. Yeah, like, that, that is not. It a, takes
1: a while for both of us to open up to somebody, I think.
0: Yeah, that is not a that is not a simple thing. That is not a term I throw around. That is not. Some, I mean, like. Oh, yeah. R- like, really.
1: I think a- both and, you and I take the term friend and love like very seriously.
0: Yeah. So if you like if I if I am putting stock in what somebody else, what a friend says about another person, understand friend that like i'm really trusting you and and i'm i'm going to take that the distance you know uh so yeah yeah i mean i mean again i don't mean to put any like unwarranted expectations on people that would be friends but you know just know that like i i don't throw around that term you know and i don't have many i don't yeah. have many friends and that's by that's very much by choice that's right i don't i don't
1: think i have I mean, I feel lucky at the people that I have access to, but yeah, I feel yeah. like, you know, my friends are, you know, qual- it's quality over quantity.
0: Yes, I am super, super particular, um, and, I, and I won't bend, you know, on it. I don't need to, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, that's right. We don't want to be, we don't want to just fill our lives up with friends that no. aren't really very good, you know. No. <laughs> just- I mean, I,
0: I have a huge heart. Um, I can love, you know, like, like you know, many people and everything, but... Um, I choose to have a very, you know, because when I when I really care, like I care, mm-hmm. you know, and it's 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 all in.
1: Yeah. So. Speaking of that, like we I think Brian, you and I are both similar. We have the same Myers-Briggs type. Yes. I <laughs> it, it takes us a while to open up to people and it took us a while to open up to each other. And we got to know each other as friends for, you know, nearly a couple of years before we started anything romantic.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, and, and like even the first time that I remember really opening up to you, I asked you, I was like, look, can, can we just like go outside for a minute? Because like I don't want to I didn't want to open up to everybody that was around us. Yeah. You know, I wanted to do it in private. And when I opened up, I mean, I opened up.
1: Oh, I know. You know? <laughs> we're, I'm glad you did. Because, yeah, we're both like that. We're both kind of like. Almost paranoid at times like, yeah, <laughs> about yeah. sharing information. It's hard to get us to, we don't tend to share stuff unless we're asked directly about it. Right. You know, like we don't just volunteer information about how we're feeling or what we're doing or whatever. Like yeah. we wait for people to ask us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that can be a communication challenge sometimes because we, you know, we do almost do it with each other once in a while. But I always make an effort to like ask you, hey, well, what do you mean by that? Or like, what are you thinking about right now? Or what are you feeling? Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm kind of reminded of uh, of all ironies. I'm kind of reminded of a uh, Star Trek comic, one of my favorites, the Marvel did back in like '98, where they did a sequel to the original series episode "Mirror, Mirror," and it was, so it was in the Mirror Universe, which is all the rage right now in Star Trek Discovery. Spoiler oh, wow. alerts, woo! Uh, but anyway, in this comic book, um, there's a point where Spock, like, is 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 getting it, is is going you know, like is starting to build up this relationship, uh, with a woman on board and this is, you know, mirror Spock and he makes this comment where, you know, he he said, you need to be patient with us Vulcans, but we, we assure you that, you know, the result, the the results are most rewarding. Mm. And I think that's, that's, that's kind of a thing is that like, if you're looking for a Brian sovereign or a Stephanie Murphy, you need to be patient and you need to be curious Yes. And, oh, I love that. And yeah. the results will be most and, rewarding. And believe me, be patient. Yeah. Take that time and concentrate on that person. It's so worth it. And I agree. as soon as as soon as the floodgates open, the 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 feeling is, well, I know how I felt with you, mm-hmm. Stephanie, and yeah. like wow. Like that is and I and I don't I don't mean this in cliché. It was a love that I and because everybody says this, but I mean it. It was a love I literally could not possibly know existed. Mm. And, but you have to be patient. You can't be like, hey, you know, do you want to get. You want to get jiggy tonight i don't know whatever the fuck people want to say today do you want to netflix sure and chill tonight Will
1: smith is the only one like, who would say that <laughs> like
0: within well whatever within the first month you can't just start saying well hey you know uh, let's let's do this let's do that you know i
1: think that's a problem that a lot of people see with relationships today is that like there don't seem to be many people who are really willing to invest the effort to get to know somebody they just they want like instant gratification or instant results or something like that and yeah they just There's kind of no substitute for really getting to know a person and being patient and focusing on them. And, you know,
0: and if I'm interested, like it it may not show, um, like I read people very quickly. um, And if I'm interested, like if you go running off with somebody else, you know, I'll ruminate. I'll ruminate on you. You know what I mean? If I'm really interested, it'll just happen, Mm -hmm. you know, by nature, because like I'll feel that I hate to use this term, but I feel that connection. Right. But if you go running off during that first couple months or something with somebody else, I'm going to forget. I'm going to be like, oh, well, they're with that person. Then I'll leave you alone because I'm a big believer in leaving people the fuck alone um, and minding their, you know, minding my own business. Mm-hmm. So that's something, too. Like, that's part of that patience, you know, is. Yeah. Be, be patient with the person. Yeah. So um, anyway, I yeah. like
1: that. I think we answered that question pretty well. Yeah, actually, I think there's no magic formula. Like, no, obviously, we can't everybody's put an into a box, and there's nobody like j- just like us. But no. I think those are pretty good. Like, I think there's some good self awareness there on both of our parts. Sure, you know about where you might meet a person like us and how you might get to know them yeah. for a relationship.
0: Be patient. Be curious. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a a great way to, even if you think you know everything about the person, ask questions.
1: And by all means, if they tell you that they're not interested or they show you with their actions, you know. Pay attention. Pay attention. (laughs) attention. (laughs) Although, like, you know, people like us can be a little bit aloof, I guess, sometimes. Like, we're not the best at keeping in touch because we don't need those friends. You know, we can kind of take them or leave them. Yeah. So we can be a little bit non-responsive or hard to get in touch with or uh, seemingly aloof. But... If if we're really interested, you'll know, because we'll ask you questions and we'll, you know, we'll, we will reply back and yeah. we'll see you and blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, okay, there was one more question, and I don't know if we want to do that, if you want to look at the time. Sure, why so, not? I, okay. think
1: I'm, I think I'm up for this it.
0: This one's kind of more directed at me. So, and the question... That I boiled it down to pretty much is that uh, they said that I had mentioned sex magic in the past, and I may have hinted that I practice it. And they asked very explicitly, Do I practice sex magic?
1: <gasps> Speaking <laughs> of you not opening up unless you're asked a direct question. Yeah. Boy, that was pretty direct. Well, there wasn't is it? a direct question. <laughs> um, so, Brian, is it true? Are the rumors true? Do you practice sex magic?
0: <laughs> okay. Let me. Let me dodge. (laughs) Let let me let me dodge the question. In that, I don't believe in any kind of mysticism, supernaturalism, or spirituality uh, at all. So I don't I don't believe in any of that. Um, So if that like that, I think kind of answers the question in a way. But that said, I may on occasion. Dabble in the dark arts, in the 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 occult. What and are we
1: talking here? Like cutting a, a cu- cutting up a chicken no, and swinging no, it no, around no. your head. So
0: okay, so sex magic boiled down generally rounds up to. Um, uh, you can use sigils. Which sigils, depending if you're talking about like chaos magic, sigils are where you write down what you want and then you you mix it up into like all the letters of what that is. Mm. And usually what you're wanting to achieve through sex magic, it's, it's almost like the law of attraction. It could be seen as that, which I think the law of attraction is pure bullshit. Um, I don't, I don't consider it that, but I can get where people would interpret it as such. Um, but you mix up all these letters and then it it takes a shape and that is your sigil, you know? Mm. Um, and you should concentrate on that. But there's a there's a lot more to it. Like there's there's a lot to describe because you're supposed to kind of like uh like lust lust to forget. I think that's the phrase that that people that practice sex magic engage in, which is you think about it when you're masturbating or fucking or whatever, but then you need to let it go after Hmm. after the fact and you don't think about it and you just kind of let the you let
1: it marinate in your unconscious exactly
0: which is what i think in my opinion so all right so so let me let me explain this quickly um i think that a lot of what gets described as black magic the occult and other things historically is actually science um and there's a lot of evidence for that like i mean there's there's times where it's just bullshit you know, but then there's other times where you can look at historical, uh, you know, documents mm. and uh, uh, information and everything, and you can paint a pretty clear picture that maybe it was the church trying to shut down um, mm. some truth.
1: Well, the and, right, the church was kind of equally against both science and black magic, right? In because, a way, well, and I and think Wiccans and pagans were kind of uh, pagans and and Wiccans are in tune with the natural world right and what is science except measuring and quantifying and observing the natural world right
0: yeah absolutely um so i think that there is i i think that there's a lot of times where when history when somebody's pointing a finger at the occult or pointing a finger at black magic or things like this it's not magic it's not any kind of supernaturalism it's it's just science or it's just a different way of living like i think witches historically were just women who finally said that's that's a fucking enough i'm gonna go enjoy my life (laughs) i agree with that you know i totally agree yeah and sadly they got burned at the stake for wanting to uh uh, indulge in their passions and Mm -hmm. desires um for
1: going against the system and not being subjugated yeah yeah exactly uh
0: so i think that there are a lot of strange terms that mean the mean very different things than what people realize that they mean um So because of that, and I've had that understanding, I don't think it's a belief. I've had that understanding, that historical factual understanding for a long time. And because of that, yeah, I've always been interested in the occult, in alchemy, in things like this, because I think there's something there, not what is conventionally thought about, but I think that there's something there. And so I've messed with these things at times, you know, and, and, and. You know, I I've never had a sigil in the bedroom or anything like that. I mean you can attest to that, Stephanie. Um and you're like supposed to come well, on them and everything. I've never seen one, but <laughs> Well, all right. I, How would I know? Yeah, I mean, actually <laughs> I well, I don't want to I don't wanna No,
1: you can't tell me. I can't don't reveal it. Yeah, actually it that, that's another that's another part
0: of it. Is that you can't tell you're not supposed to tell people the intent. Like I mean it's right. it's supposed to be kind of it's supposed to be a secret thing. Yeah. Um So, you know, and, and yeah, what I was going to say earlier, it boils down to like you, you're thinking about what you want and what you want should be something that's just out of reach. You shouldn't be like when you're about to orgasm, when you're at that point where, you know, no matter what happens, you're going to come. That's when you're supposed to think about what you're going for here with the sex magic. You're not supposed to think I need a million dollars. It's not going to happen. You know, like like that's that's not. I mean, even if I was a believer in sex that magic, gives a whole new
1: meaning to the phrase "money shot." Right?
0: Yeah, it's the money <laughs> shot right there. But it doesn't work that way. Um, but I mean, I'll just say that, yeah, just to see. You know, just just out of out of genuine scientific curiosity. Um, sure, sure. I've practiced. You know, that, that would be the term uh, uh, to use, and 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 saw what happened, and that's that. So, right. I mean, how far do we go with this? It, like, is
1: yoga? You know, when they say at the beginning of a yoga class, like, okay, set your intention or think of somebody you love or whatever. Like, you know, is that dark arts? Is that sex magic? By,
0: for for a lot of Christians, yes. Yeah, that that is exactly what they define it as. Right. Not all, but many. They 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 do. And and even you've kind of you've hinted at this, where it seems like yoga, some some yogic principles mm-hmm. seem wildly advanced. That they just couldn't have known what was going on, but it was just simply observation, and and who knows what else. That
1: oh, the the Ayurvedic medicine is the thing that really gets me. Some of the stuff yeah. is like just amazingly accurate. Yeah,
0: I mean, like their explanation of it—that it's some kind of supernatural comes from this god or something like that or goddess. Um, like that's nonsense.
1: I don't see any gods and goddesses in Ayurveda. I mean, in yoga, yeah, there's like myths about gods and goddesses, right. but you know yoga and ayurveda are separate
0: right but but my my point being is that you know sure there's things they attribute it to it doesn't mean that the actual end effect is isn't true it's just that what they're attributing it to isn't so it's it's just science and just science that they didn't grasp you know fully or something like that right um so i think to a lot of Like maybe what people experience is sex magic where it works. And you'd be shocked how many people actually like kind of believe in this sort of thing. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to very unconscious and intentionality that ends up that, that ends up bringing whatever they're thinking about maybe to fruition.
1: The unconscious mind is so powerful. It is. People discount it, but it's so powerful. I mean, if you doubt that statement, just look at all the things that we are driven to do because of unconscious motivations that we don't understand and that we're not really aware of. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. I mean, the, the example I often give for not for sex magic, but just for like un- unconscious intentionality, or I mean, and you can make it conscious too, I suppose, is that like, if you like, say you invite people over or I don't know, you're visiting people or something like that. And like, when you go to sleep, you take up the entire bed you're sending out an unconscious signal that you want to be single you know what i mean or that you're taken or something like that as to where if you i think if you sleep like on one side of the bed or here's a better example let's let's forget about the bed part if you're uh If you're like at your house, okay, say you have a a significantly sized driveway. Mm -hmm. If you park your car in the middle of the driveway that could easily fit two cars, I think you're sending out an unconscious signal that you don't want somebody else in your house, you know, and you don't want anybody else in your life. Mm -hmm. As to where if you park to one side, there's an opening and people may see that opening, you know. and Or you might be
1: sending a message to yourself as well every time you see it.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Just to affirm that you are or are not like making space in your life for somebody else.
0: Yeah. So there's there's nothing there's no woo woo there. There's no there's no spiritual spirituality. There's no supernaturalism there. It's just that it's this kind of, you know, unconscious signal, perhaps um, Mm -hmm. that that's there. You know, and it may mean nothing, but you don't realize that it's nothing. But like you said, Stephanie, the unconscious mind is so powerful that you do things you don't even realize and you send Mm. signals, I think.
1: You send uh, messages to yourself, many messages. Yeah, to yourself and
0: maybe even to, you know, other people uh, that they may pick up on unconsciously or consciously Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know. And you go from there. Yeah. So. I
1: think that's what they, what people mean when they say like, oh, you're putting some energy out into the universe. Right. Well, it's like energy and universe that sounds woo, but like sending a message to yourself that you could see with your eyes, that doesn't sound very woo. Yeah. Or sending a message to somebody else that they could observe with their eyes. That's not woo either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's a long way of saying that, um, there are a lot of things that are considered occult, cult that are considered magic that are considered alchemist or something like that, uh, that, yeah, I've messed with, um, out of pure curiosity. And again, I, I am a total, I am a seven as far as atheists go. Um, like I, there's no supernaturalism. There's none of that. I don't, I don't believe in a stitch, you know, of, of anything along those lines. Um, but you know, my curiosity and it's almost like role playing sometimes. It's fun. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> gotta have fun in life, you know. But I think I think some of these Do some things sex magic, yeah. Do
0: some pagan rituals. Yeah, I mean some of these things like there there had to be a little something to it. And I don't know what that is. I'd like to know and I like to find out, and that's part part of the times why, you know, I, I think about it or study it or you know, read about it. When I say study it, I mean I read about it. Um and uh yeah, and I see what's there. You know, and 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 maybe what was what was the truth of it? So, there we go. Good question. I don't think they expected such a deep response. No, probably not. <laughs> so, and I, I think I. Well, no, I guess I admitted that. I, yeah, okay. Enough of that. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up.
1: All right. Well, that was a fun relationship, Rhombus. It was. Where can people send their questions for the next one?
0: Uh, right on Patreon. There is a, a private messenger that you could send them that way, or you can wait for, and I usually do it like on the first or second of the following month, I will put out a post saying, hey, we're going to record a relationship, Rhombus show, get in your questions here. And if a lot of questions get in quickly, I do the show earlier in the month than I normally plan. So that's where you can get them in. You can get them on the posts as they come out on Patreon, or you can message me on Patreon uh, you can ask them I guess to me on Twitter or something you know I mean I still have like accounts in all these places but um, and, and you can ask them there it's but, easier
1: if it's kept all organized on Patreon
0: it makes my life easier and allows me to do more content oh. if I don't have to be in so many fucking places at once um, <laughs> that that I don't think actually help at all uh, you know to be in those places so
1: well uh, I as a Sovereign Tech co-host will be so happy to join you on the next one Yes. I love oh, these relationship shows. There's nothing I love more than doing relationship advice podcasts. That's what I started out doing in podcasting. Sure. And it sure. launched a whole career.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, beautiful career. Um, so, yeah, you'll be here next time, of course. And uh, I mean, they can ask you the questions too, and then they can get to me through that way. But, There it is. Uh, um, More content like every day up until the end of January. I think there's going to be an episode of some kind coming out because I, you know, I have monthly obligations that I promise patrons will be there. And so I'm going to make them there. And uh, that's it. So, Stephanie, of course, uh, you know, always wonderful to do a show with you. I'm not going to say thanks for being on anymore because you're a co-host. Oh, yeah. So it's uh, almost my show. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You're here now you know so, uh, right and if but if people do want to find you smvoice.info uh is, yeah uh, sex and is
1: science find me on sovereign tech as well yeah there it is my other show
0: woo so um <laughs> anyway hope everybody found it interesting and uh yeah, I will, that was so much fun i'll see all of you on the other side
1: Woo-hoo! Woo!